message from the House. Mr. President, the House of Representatives has transmitted the following message. Dear Sir, I have the honor to inform you that the House of Representatives has completed the business of the session and is now ready to adjourn sine die. Very respectfully, Richard J. Brown, Clerk, House of Representatives. The Michigan legislature is breaking much earlier than usual this year. Today at noon, both chambers went into recess for the rest of the calendar year. The hour of 12 noon, having arrived pursuant to the resolution fixing the date of final adjournment and the provision of the Constitution determining the hour of such adjournment, I declare the Senate adjourned without day. It's a speedy wrap-up to an eventful year in Lansing, the first in decades that Michigan Democrats controlled both the House and the Senate. So we're going to talk about why the legislature made this decision to wrap up, what got done, and what we can expect when the session resumes next year. This is Stateside. I'm April Baer. Elena Dernbaugh is the Michigan House reporter for Gongwer News Service. Hey, Elena. Hello. Also here we have Lauren Gibbons, politics and policy reporter for Bridge, Michigan. Hi, Lauren. Hey, thanks for having me. Gee, you two, uh, are you even going to be doing any work for the rest of the calendar year now? This is this is a crazy early wrap for the session. Yeah, you know, it definitely is. Uh, I, I wish I wish we could just kick back because you know the the news stops and the house stops, right? <laughs> We wish. I think there's always weird little odds and ends. But yes, a fair point that it will be a lot less busy than it has been in the next few weeks. We've heard a couple of times uh, in this in the, in the social media channels and just people talking about the end of session. When are we going to get signy die? When is signy die? And somebody asked me, what is signy die? For those who aren't compulsive Lansing washers, Lauren, can you explain what it is and how we pronounce it? Yes, it is signing die, and it is the end of the current legislative year. It's it's essentially closing up shop at the end of the year. Legislative adjournment is is another way you could put it. If uh, you, like my editor, are trying to uh, not use the word signy die in stories. <laughs> but yes, um, essentially this means that the House and Senate will not be coming back into session until early next year, officially. Why exactly is Michigan's legislature adjourning so early this year? We haven't even hit Thanksgiving. Usually they're at it up until up until the end of the year. Well, you know, if you ask House and Senate leadership, they will tell you that there were plenty of bills that were passed by both chambers that they wanted to get on the books, um, whether that be gun control legislation or the earned income tax credit or uh, the retirement tax repeal. However, the big piece of legislation that they passed that they needed to have in effect by early February was the Democratic uh, presidential primary in February. So that needed to go into effect. And so they needed to adjourn at least 90 days before that date, February 28th, I believe it is. So had to close up shop. So that could be a law in time for the primary to happen. Okay, election year consideration. Guess we're done. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about, well, for one thing, Lauren, what has the Republican reaction been to the early break? They have been making a lot of uh, holiday and Christmas related jokes um, about them closing up shop uh, for uh, extended holiday. Uh, Democrats would contest that characterization, but they are criticizing the move. And um, especially with the looming House tie, um, once both representatives 
Lori Stone and Kevin Coleman, who are going to be taking local mayoral positions after recent elections. Um, they have called for a power sharing agreement um, since it is going to be 54-54 until later next year when they can fill those seats which are both trending heavily Democratic. But essentially, the Republicans are calling for some form of additional power than they currently have. The Democrats are likely not going to give that to them under House rules. Uh, they do maintain their uh, control of the speakership and committees and the legislative agenda. But I think Republicans are going to be looking for any way they can to uh, try to assert any leverage they can get out of this tie. Now, if they're not in session, if they're not taking up bills, uh, they can't really do that. So I think that's where you're hearing a lot of the criticism stem from. Elena, you ran us through the laundry list of some of the priorities that the leadership and that the governor, Governor Whitmer, talked about during this time of trifecta when the governor's office is in the hands of a Democrat and you have both chambers in Democratic majority as well. There were some some gun protections, some tax relief, some civil rights protections for queer Michiganders, LGBTQ community. And I mean, when you look at the breadth of what what things did get passed. Elena, do you see any of these likely to come into play during election season next year? Um, yeah, uh, I think that one of the things that was really important in the 2022 election was abortion rights. And I think that that is one of the things that Democrats are very proud to have gotten across the finish line, even with um, the passage of legislation with uh, the Reproductive Health Act, uh, which removed some of those barriers to abortion access. Um, so I think that's going to be a big discussion in 2024, kind of like a promises made, promises kept. And there will probably be discussions about the gun legislation, especially under the conditions that was passed um, back in February with the shooting at Michigan State. So I, I think that they did a lot of big ticket items that will be springboards for conversations around the election. We need to take a break. More in just a minute. Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. Support for the stateside podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. Committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu. Lauren, were there any bills that, that you're aware of that sort of got rushed through at the last minute? Well, I think in the last week or so, uh, we saw a big push for financial disclosure legislation, which under 2022's Proposal 1 was a constitutional requirement for lawmakers to get done. 
So uh, there were a couple of pretty late nights in the House while they tried to work out the kinks on that legislation. Eventually, they did get a version of it through, but not over the criticisms from several lawmakers, both on the Democratic and Republican side, who thought it could have gone further and required additional information um, to, to close what they called loopholes that could exploit the law and prevent the public from seeing potential conflicts of interest in financial information. So that was one of the biggest ones uh, that, that came out in the last couple of days. We also saw movement in both chambers on the energy package, um, tightening up renewable energy standards and getting through some, some new, uh, new ways to regulate Michigan's solar industry. Both of those were controversial um, among Republicans, especially, um, but those also did get passed in sort of the legislature's final hours, if you will. Overall, I have a question I'd, I'd like to hear from both of you on, and that that is whether there was anything substantial that was supposed to be on the table that didn't really, I mean, we already alluded to the fact that there were some issues with tax relief and abortion access that were definitely discussed, but maybe didn't totally get resolved are there is there anything that's on your mind that was left hanging i and whether you think it will get dealt with next year elena do you want to go first and then maybe we could hear from lauren yeah there is there's definitely still a lot on the table for next year one of the first things that comes to mind that actually came up in the house was the land equity value tax that was heavily pushed by detroit mayor Mike Duggan and backed by Speaker Joe Tate, that bill actually went up on the board for a vote, but failed to get all 56 needed votes in the House. So didn't didn't make it out of the House this year. We might see that come back again after the new year. There was also a lot of work done on prescription drugs affordability. And that was something that there were discussions on, but never came up for a vote in the House, at least. The Senate did some some work on, on that. Child care, paid family leave were issues brought up by the governor this fall that there wasn't action on. And then I you know there were a lot of committee meetings on things like housing and economic development with the kind of restructuring of Michigan's Economic Development Fund, the SOAR Fund, that didn't come up for a vote, but there were lots of conversations on. Lauren, how about you? Yeah, I think Elena covered a lot of them. Um, One that I was going to bring up was economic development. There were a lot of conversations about that, especially as we're starting to see, you know, some Democrats a little uh, iffy on the topic of giving tax incentives and credits to corporations, what this package that's currently percolating in the legislature would do is try to thread that needle um, between people who say we need incentives to be competitive, but also provide some of the concessions to, to those who would prefer to see money going towards community investments, infrastructure, education, things that many argue would be enough to bring more business and workforce talent to Michigan. So that would be one of them. And then I think the other one that's important to note is transparency issues. Uh, 
the push to expand FOIA to include the governor and lawmakers under Michigan's Freedom of Information Act was not taken up. There were bills introduced before lawmakers broke for the year in the Senate. So we may see that come up early next year. Um, it does seem to have bipartisan support, but it had stalled for a long time over disagreements on what the mechanisms should look like. Um, and and then, as I mentioned earlier, financial disclosure, there are a lot of people who would like to see additional changes uh, to expand reporting for, um, especially for gifts like paid travel beyond what's paid for by lobbyists, which is currently required reporting under state law. So whether or not that comes up, I don't know, but there is still interest among certain uh, members of the legislature to continue working on transparency. Hey, thank you both so much for talking to us. We appreciate it. Thanks so much for having us. Absolutely. Thanks. And that's the Stateside Podcast for today. I'm April Bear. You can find full Stateside episodes at michiganradio.org. Today's pod was produced by our podcast editor, Rachel Ishikawa. Other producers on our show are Mike Blank, Ronia Kabansag, Mercedes Mejia, and April Van Buren. Our intern is Olivia Meradian. Our executive producer is Laura Weber-Davis. Music for the pod comes from Blue Dot Sessions and from Audio Network. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you again tomorrow. Till then, bye-bye. Hi, I'm Rebecca Williams. I'm Lester Graham. We've been working on a big project about Great Lakes birds called the Bird Connection. It will look at ducks and trumpeter swans. Egrets and herons. And piping plovers. Yes! We'll discuss what we've discovered at a Michigan Public Issues and Ale event. Including how some problems for birds are problems for people. It's at Arbor Brewing Company in Ypsilanti the evening of May 21st at 7. You can register at michiganpublic.org.